sucker for you. Welcome to the Burning Up Podcast, the podcast where we burn up through the Jonas Brothers' entire discography um, and decide, is it good? Is it bad? Is this just my heartbroken nostalgia? I'm your host, Zoe, and I know anything and everything about the Jonas Brothers' favorite color, favorite food. Where were they born? And this is my co-host. I'm Jason. I know nothing about the Jonas Brothers. I think the first time I actually like listened to a Jonas Brothers song consciously was because of dating Zoe. Jason is an audio professional. He has a degree in audio engineering. Since I know nothing about the Jonas Brothers, I can't have nostalgia. All I'm going to give you is what I think is a good or bad song. Yeah, so this is a good reflection of a relationship. I'm going to be spewing pure feelings, and Jason's going to be spitting like pure like logic. His opinion on like the just the music, no feelings attached. I'm also going to be teaching Jason about the Jonas Brothers and their complicated personal lives, the deep Disney Channel drama we all grew up with when we were in middle school. He didn't know anything about because he didn't even have cable. So let's dive into the first episode. We're going to be going through their first album. Their first album came out in 2006 and it's called It's About Time. Um, Jason, what do you think? What was your first impressions of this pop punk christian masterpiece i think that this album was like good enough for a record label to be like oh yeah this investment was good let's see what their next album does the label usually will sign them and see how their third album does and that's the album that makes or breaks a band so this is right on par for the chorus like a first album that's just like okay there's a couple of fun songs on there well their label dropped them after this so i guess they decided that it wasn't worth the investment it's probably more to do with sales than the actual the way the album sounded yeah i mean well how well does christian pop up well actually christian rock sells pretty good like we all know who switchfoot is like i feel like most people know who switchfoot is i don't actually but oh well they have like they have like one song i'm sure you know but um that joe used to claim that switchfoot was his favorite band which i think was just a way to <laughs> get christian girls to date him and think that he was holier than thou and deep or whatever okay so this album it's their first studio album nick is 13 joe is 16 and kevin is 18 so nick has his little baby voice he hasn't become a man yet um i'm trying to think of where they are like life-wise um this is you saw their documentary so this is the album they put out when they were touring malls and stuff and then the record label dropped them, and then their dad also mysteriously got fired from his church job, and they had to sell their house. They had no money because their dad spent their life savings on recording this album. Do we, should we just go through? We made a bracket. We decided that this would probably be the best way to go through all the songs, is kind of go through the bracket and have Jason give you his musical nerd opinion, and then I'll give my fan opinion okay so for our first matchup in the bracket 
we have the first two songs in the album. We have What I Go to School For, which is a cover, and then Time For Me To Fly. So if I remember right, What I Go To School For was just like a straight-ahead Christian rock song. No, it was like straight-ahead pop. Punk. Punk. Like, yeah, there's no... Yeah, plotline of Joe's a freshman in high school, is in love with the senior girl, he gets the girl. Which, honestly, you're saying this in the car. <laughs> like, this is disgusting, really. Like, an 18-year-old girl is dating a 14-year-old little boy. Yeah, that's... Who Who likes 14-year-old boys? 14-year-old boys don't even like 14-year-old boys. Yeah, so the <laughs> first of all, the song, like... Unrealistic. Unrealistic. Even even Joe Jonas at 14 couldn't get an 18-year-old senior in high school. No. The faux hawk, it was not a look. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to it. And the fact that it's a cover makes me feel like it should be brought down a, a peg, you know? That's fair. That's fair. Like, they didn't write it. It's just, I think it's, if I were to rate the song on, like, a scale from 1 to 10, it's like a, it's like a 4. It's nothing to write home about. But it's not necessarily, like, super bad. I'm not going to laugh at it. It's not... It's not like cringy. Like I yeah. thought I was going to listen back to this album and I was going to cringe a lot at like the tween age like angst of it all, but like it's like fine. I mean, it's definitely like teenage boys writing about feelings that they haven't ever actually felt yet. Like kind of like, "Ooh, like I'm so deep. Like this is what love is all about." And it's like you like pulled on a girl's hair like in math class. And they were homeschooled too. So I mean, I don't even know what they're experience was like i don't even think they've seen a girl really. <laughs> i mean probably at church yeah at church but, they've probably but, seen girls at church but so if what i go to school for i got a four um what about time for me to fly that's the one that was very like christian that was like nick just singing by himself right mm-hmm. yeah i did not like that one at all that's yep. a three or two <laughs> it, that one made me feel like i was sitting in the pews at like the adventure church or something yeah you know like there's people having a good time up on stage and the congregation's into it because church shouldn't be this fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, you've just got a 13-year-old kid that's like, be yourself. Like, yeah. He's like the best singer heaven. in the... Heaven. Yeah. In the... The congregation. Yeah. Like, and everyone's like, oh, wow, like, that little boy... In, like, boy the tri-state area, he's the best singer. And so, like, yeah, everybody's like, oh, wow. Like, he... And so this kid's head gets, like, inflated because that's, everybody tells him he's so good. This is literally exactly what happened to never, Nick Jonas. He's never even, like, cut his teeth anywhere. Yes, this is exactly what happened to Nick Jonas. Everyone said, well, you're so great. And so his mom was like, we should put you on Broadway. And he was like, okay. And then he was in three Broadway shows. And then his head like inflated. Because he was like nine and was like, I met Reba. Like, (laughs) I think that's just bad for a child's psyche. It's very bad. I I think you can explain a lot of Nick's behavior post that point. He's just, he thinks he's bigger than Jesus. Yeah. I heard a, I saw a TikTok today that claimed that Nick Jonas has Justin Timberlake, Matthew Morrison energy. <sighs> and it's kind of true. Okay. So what I go to school for definitely wins that one out. Yeah. By like a smidge on yeah. being boring instead of Instead dumb. of being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So our next matchup, we have what I think you're pretty biased to. We have year 3000, which is another cover. Yeah, that song slaps. Um, with One Day at a Time, which I'm not even sure if you remember. I probably Because a lot don't of these it. songs blend together, but it's the one where they're like, and I die one day at a time. I just oh, is that the one where he says like something like, when I'm 94, I'm going to miss you more? I think so. 
You think so? You're the you're the Jonas Brothers encyclopedia and you think listen, so. Listen, so this isn't like an album that I go back and like so, listen to for fun. That alone, the fact that you don't even know what the lyrics of that song are, 3,000 wins. 3,000 is so good. I know it's a cover. Yeah, my, I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. But it's so good. But 3,000, it's not going to make it all the way for me because if there's a Jonas Brothers song I'm skipping when I have them on shuffle in my car, it is year 3,000. No. No, that little guitar riff in the beginning, and then like the little synth. That song, that song's good through and through. And they even like mention like they have a little call to Back to the Future with the flux thing. Yeah, it's just not, it's just so good. It's just not for me. It's it reminds me. It sounds like it's a little kid song. You know, I don't sit in the car and listen to Hannah Montana songs. Like it's yeah, this it's in the same genre. Song. This is a little kid song. This is just a this is a banger. <laughs> All right, all right, okay. So your 3,000 wins out that round. In our next matchup, we have Six Minutes versus Mandy. Okay. Six Minutes is like the sky one with the little backbeat. Yeah. Uh, I think I like that one better than Mandy. Yeah, so Six Minutes is like a, it's like a beachy, like the whole thing is Joe's like walking through this party and there's a girl he wants to talk to, but it looks like she's going to leave. So he's like all in his head and he's like, ooh, like... I've only got six minutes to talk to her. It's very like, it's very like on brand for like teenage like angst or whatever. And then Mandy's just kind of like nonsensical things about how cool this girl they know is named Mandy. Yeah, we've all heard Mandy. That was the single, right? Mandy was a single on this album, and I think we've all heard Mandy, even if we don't think we've heard Mandy, because it was on that episode of Zoe One Hundred One where, uh, like with the one with all the little texty phones. You know what I'm talking about? And like Chase accidentally texts Zoe that he likes her. And it's like it's a, this whole uh, drama where he wants to get rid of her phone. I do remember that vaguely. Yeah. yeah, personally, I think six minutes is, I think it pulls ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with you, actually. That one has re-listenability to me. Mandy is nostalgic, but like. I feel like Mandy, he's just kind of whining most of the time about this Mandy girl that's so cool and I don't know why he's whining really it's just that pop punk voice. it is that pop punk voice but I feel like the Jonas Brothers took they exaggerated everything about pop punk well except for like the angst you know yeah that's fair they don't have much to angst about again they're 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 good little Christian boys they don't have much to be upset about at this point in their career um, okay, so our next bracket, we have You Just Don't Know It, which is the other song I think that 94 lyric might be from. And we have I Am What I Am. I like I Am What I Am better. That's a straight up pop yeah. punk yeah. banger. I don't like, this one I think is cringy. It is Because cringy. it's about being it's like, like about, super religious. Like, I, you know, like I am what I am. I'm going to... I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm going to be on the straight and narrow. I'm not going to stray... And we all know, like, I think hindsight also has made this even more cringy because we all know where they all are now. Yeah. And well, we all know, too. I mean, we all know a kid that, like, felt this way, like, to be both, like, very, like, straight and narrow, but also, like, want to be, like, emo. Like, I related to this song a lot. Like, I want to be a good girl, but I want to be bad about it. Even though we all know I've never been bad a day in my life. Yeah. I am what I am. I think musically is what it does it for me because the other one i don't even remember like there's this is a sleeper album for sure yeah i'm gonna be honest a lot of slow songs any song that has like a slow tempo 
they all blend together for me on this one. Okay. So our next matchup is Underdog, my personal favorite, versus Please Be Mine. I'm not even going to weigh in. These are both. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. You don't like one better than the other? I don't. I don't. I think that the Please Be Mine is like the stereotypical like ballad, you know. But again, you were saying earlier, these kids, they've never felt any emotions. They've he's he's thirteen. How can he sing about anything? Well, I mean, please be mine. Is it's like a we're holding hands around the campfire on like the last day of church camp kind of a vibe. Like someone someone pulled out an acoustic guitar. Everyone's like swaying by the campfire. Like that's the that's the vibe of that song. But underdog is like that pop punk song that's like about you know that girl next door that's like sad and she's depressed and she. I think you're projecting. No, I don't think the, I don't think the Jonas Brothers know a depressed person. The lyrics to Underdog are she hates it, but she fakes it. Watch out for that girl, because one day she's gonna change the world. She screams in her pillow for a better tomorrow. See that song? That's the obligatory like let's make all the girls that are near our age fall in love with us. We're gonna it's try the, to, we're gonna It's that Bo Burnham, I love your eyes and their bluish brownish greenish color thing. Yeah. There's no depth to this female character here. A hundred percent. But the thing is, is I projected so hard on that female character. I was her. When I, I would listen to that song, I was like, they see me. Joe sees me for who I am I'm, as a sad 14-year-old girl. So the song's called Underdog. I'm going to see how many writers were on it. I'm going to say there's probably not that many because, I mean, they're like... I know they're early on in their career, but they do have a record label. Like, yeah. Like there's someone there's someone fronting some money. If anything, I would say it could be members of their band because usually the co-writers of Jonas Brothers songs are people that play music with them. Usually it's like John Lloyd Taylor or like Greg Garbowski. All right, track listing, underdog. Yeah, there's Jess Cates helped write on this one. I am what I am. Adam Schlesinger co-wrote actually wrote by himself. No way. No Nick. No Jonas Brothers is featured on I Am What I Am. Like not featured, uh, credited as a writer. That's so. Listeners, Adam Schlesinger is Jason's songwriting idol, his god, the man he worships. Okay, he's in. He's in the top five. He's no Paul McCartney. Okay, but he's but he's up but there he's, in the top he's five. A bril- he's a brilliant songwriter. And you, even if you don't know who Adam Schlesinger is, you've heard him. Stacy's mom. He wrote that song. Yeah, he's, he's in, in Fountains of Wayne. Um, he's written every for every TV show that has. Um, he crazy ex girlfriend. He writes all the music with Rachel Bloom and you know some bangers there. He he's a great songwriter. Yeah, Adam Slashing is a genius. So that makes me like I am what I am more. But that's so that's a huge bias. Yeah. Do you? F- <laughs> but uh, back to the underdog thing. Yeah, they, they have someone else helping them write. This is what a girl wants to hear. Okay. Well, so, since you said you have no say, I'm letting Underdog advance into okay. the next round. I'm That's sure it will me. lose. But, okay. And then our next one is a buy, 705. 705 is a great song. Just gets to go by because... I like that one. Okay. So now our showdown, we have What I Go to School For, Year 3000. <laughs> year 3000. Two busted covers. One, of them, one of them got a music video. One of them didn't. Year 3000 That's ones. fair. Year 3000. Okay. Um, then we've got, 
Uh, it's I Am What I Am versus Underdog. I'm going to go for I Am What I Am. It's a fun song. It has a fun driving tempo. I remember it more than I remember Underdog. I Am What I Am has cringe factor for me personally. Yeah, when I think about fair. the way that I listen to it. as opposed, Underdog has cringe factor too. But when I think about the way that I Am What I Am made me feel, I cringe at how cool I felt listening to that song. I think Underdog has some like super misogynistic undertones though. What? Yeah, come on. What are you talking about? Underdog? Talking about what is misogynistic about talking about a sad girl? Um, because she's being validated by the Jonas Brothers. If getting validated isn't misogyny. Misogyny is like male supremacy. Yeah, she wouldn't. She would be nothing if they didn't say, "Oh, but she's she's cool." What you? Okay, you're just using misogyny to get me to not vote for underdog. Maybe. <laughs> You're trying to use feminism so that you can get Adam Schlesinger to the top. No, that's not true. I'm trying to get that song above Underdog. I don't think I don't think I am what I am is going to make it to the top. No way. There's no way. Listen, but I think it's better than Underdog. I will give you I am what I am because this is this is you're like the music guy. Like I can say whatever I want wins at the end of the day. No, you you get yeah. the final say because you you're the Jonas Brothers encyclopedia. Yeah, but but I, I will give I will give you I am what I am, just okay. this once. Okay, we have six minutes versus seven oh five. Okay, I need to remember seven oh five. I I just remember liking it. When we were listening to it together, you said seven oh five. This is the one that you were like, if I was a record executive, I'd be like, okay. Oh yeah, that's got the the chorus is super like super close to being there. They have like this really hard hitting like um, melody that just hooks you, but then they do what a lot of young songwriter- songwriters do, kind of just try to keep on pushing the idea, but they abandon the melody that's so catchy. So, I think Seven Hundred Five. I, if I were a record executive, this is what I would sign them because I heard Seven Hundred Five. Like, yes, these kids have some songwriting promise. Their harmonies work together really well in this song. Here's a record label. Here's a record deal. And if their next album does well, I can point back to this song and say this was the beginnings of this. So I'm going to go with, oh, but six minutes is so good. It's got that little ska thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Joe feels like the catcher in the rye. Sometimes he wishes he could catch your eye. Yeah, that's a pretty lame lyric, honestly. Lyrics are not the strong suit of this album, but you have to give grace because they are 13, 16, 18. I'm, this is going to be mean, but I'm not going to give Kevin a ton of songwriting credit. And honestly, this is probably pretty cringe for Kevin to be an 18 year old playing music with his seventh grader brother. Yeah. But I also think six minutes doesn't have the same kind of harmony work that seven to five does. Interesting. See, I like Six Minutes better because it's rockier, and Seven O Five again has that like cool uh, church worship vibe that I don't really dig. I don't dig it either. I'm I'm trying to look at it as not like a fan of one kind of music or another, just to see which song I think is objectively is a, better. Is a stronger song. Okay. I will. All right. So we'll let Seven O Five advance to the. I don't think it will withstand again. Yeah, three, year 3000, I really... It was just kind of lame for that to win. 
Yeah. So we were. No, no. <laughs> six minutes has got to win. Six, six minutes? minutes has got to win. Really? Because Why now I, change of heart? Because I'm thinking like, I was thinking like, which song actually has a chance of pulling my vote against year 3000? And 705 is not that strong. Six minutes might be strong enough to make me consider voting for it. Yeah, you said it should be the single. I do think it should be the single. I, I stand by that. All right. So now we're down to, okay, is it um, six minutes or is it I am what I am? Because I'm going to say six minutes. You're going to say six minutes? I think it's a better song. It has a story as opposed to I am what I am is just them saying I am what I am over and over and over again. You're right. I am what I am doesn't have... It's more like a, a battle cry. Yeah, exactly. And six minutes has got like... It, it's got that cool offbeat thing. But does Nick even sing on six minutes? Um, I don't think he does. You know what? I can't remember. Probably I... backups. Because I feel like he... Yeah, but that one is definitely... It's a Joe song. He sings backup, yeah. But... No, because I'm thinking there are there's harmony there, but it is. Oh man, I hate I just. It's a Joe song. Yeah. Should DNCE cover six minutes? <laughs> no, no, they're so they're so far above that. DNCE has like they have so much more potential than going back to the Jonas Brothers catalog. They can do so much better than that. For our listeners, DNCE is Joe's like side project band, Cake by the Ocean. I'm sure you all know, but. I'm just thinking there's probably some listener who's like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, DNCE, I think, is the best thing that came out of the Jonas Brothers. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Okay, six minutes. Six minutes? I think six Over, minutes okay. wins this one. So that brings us our final Smackdowns, year 3000 versus six minutes. It's year 3000. It's year 3000. But is that just nostalgia for you? No, Is that it's like not. that music video on Disney Channel with those pink-haired ladies? See, I, I didn't watch Disney Channel. I didn't even know that the Jonas Brothers were attached to that song. I think I must have heard it somewhere. But like that synth sound gets me. That synth sound hits me. It just resonates with my soul. I, again, like I said, you're 3000. I'm always skipping it. it it's going to come up again on the next album. Do, do it twice? It's on this album, but it's also on their Disney. So this isn't associated with Disney. This is actually Columbia Records, which I think is a Nickelodeon subset. I'm not 100% sure. But I'm assuming that because of the whole Zoe 101 thing. But they got dropped by that label, but then they replayed it. It might even be the same. I don't know. It's probably not the same recording. That's probably illegal. But (laughs) Year 3000 pops up again on their self-titled album. Yeah. And do they do any of these other songs? No. It's because there's so... But with the songs that they play live off of this album, they usually... They do Year 3000. Only recently. They only did it on their back together tour for nostalgia purposes. They they do they were playing Please Be Mine at least like portions of it in a medley more. That one's like the what started it all kind of a song, so it has they'll play it with like photo album like You know what? Like I'm also thinking there's probably a lot of songwriters associated with Year Three Thousand. It's not their song. It's not their song. So there's Busted probably has a fleet of songwriters that help them or oh no just one guy named james Bourne. and is that guy in busted he is in busted that makes me have even more respect for the song <laughs> year 3000 just one guy just wrote this killer song 
So your 3000 is the winner for you? I can't bring myself to vote for anything else. But you are you do get the final say. Well, I I'll say that we can call this. A, you say your 3000, but I'll say 6 minutes because I again think 6 minutes could be something that they could cover in like a fun like ironic way. Whereas like when they play your 3000 now as grown men, it's still good. Busted is still playing it. It just has a, it just reminds me of watching the Disney Channel after school and that music video comes on and then you watch an episode of Hannah Montana and like, it just has that whole See, burning up is the the one for me. Burning up, I felt like that was on every commercial break on Disney Channel. It was. A hundred percent. Again, that's, that, that's the single for that album for sure. That song is great, but we're not there. <laughs> you're, so you're 3000 for me, six minutes for you. Yeah, Absolutely. I gotta go with a Joe song. I am a Joe girl. He has my heart. He always will. No offense to you, my husband. <laughs> it's okay. But my love for him has evolved. It is no longer romantic love. It is familial love. All right. So <laughs> let's see. Do we want to talk about? So this they write this album. I think I already said yeah. They get dropped by this label. It's a whole mess for them. Um, and then they get. Our next album is their Disney debut. It's their self-titled album, Jonas Brothers. Do you know, can you think of any songs besides your 3000 off that one that you know? It's the cover is the one with them in their like little like schoolboy outfits. Kind is of. there a blue background? It's, the album cover is black and white. Um, no, no, there's no, this is not drawing any images. And it's me. got their little Jonas Brothers crest on the front. They have a Jonas Brothers crest? Their logo. They have a logo. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, Zoe. Yes, Jason. They have a logo. I'm I'm gonna pull it up for you now. It looks like a, it it looks like a family crest. It's gold. I used to be really good at drawing it. Um, it's this. That's. It's a, yeah. It's gold. It's got their name in cursive. I, I don't like it. I think I think it's gaudy. <laughs> Jason, it's 2007. Yeah, are you acting like 2007 was like the gaudiest year? Of- what is my chemical romances? They, they're gaudy. I don't give you that. But like Jimmy World's on tour right now, Zoe. Okay, just think about like the gaudy fashion of like of when we were in like late elementary school, early middle school. Like think about all the scarves and hats the Jonas Brothers wore during that era. Yeah. That's the year of Joe's anime bangs. I'm not. It fits the aesthetic. It's not the aesthetic now because it was like 10 I, years I th- ago almost. Have they rebranded or is that still their no, logo? No, 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 no. So they rebranded, rebranded. I'll show you. So they broke when they went on hiatus or whatever. And then they were going to get back together um, in 2012 um, with a new logo, but it didn't really. That's when, like, Nick, like, for real broke up the band and was like, I hate this. Has it been scrubbed from the internet? So, you said that during the recording of this album, they, like, had nothing, right? They just got dropped from their label. How did they get caught by Disney? Um. What's that sequence of events? This is a good question. I am not 100% on that. Those are fuzzy for me. I know that they did, like, mall tours and stuff. That's not going to pick up Disney's attention, is it? I don't know how they got Disney's attention. I will have to come back to you on that. Um, this is 
their second logo from their comeback. Oh my gosh, it's worse. It's geometric, um, like cubes kind of and like, like rainbow honeycomb. colors. Yeah, honeycomb. And then the J and the B are just like awkwardly, grossly outlined. And the B doesn't have the insides. Yeah, the graphic designer should a hundred percent be fired for that one. And whoever greenlit that project should be fired too. Like the, that you, was their album. I'll show you that. That's their unreleased album. Should we do the EP apology I album f- that they released? I feel like we've got to go through them year by year. So this is the, the album cover for. Um, that album that was never released ended up being. Oh my gosh, it looks like the album cover that they... It looks like an Imagine Dragons kind of a yeah. vibe, for sure. Um, Let's get back to this album. Yeah, now. sorry, we went off on a logo tangent. Um, it's about time. How do they get Adam Schlesinger to write them a song? I'm telling you, they're on Columbia. Is that like a good record label? I don't know anything about record labels. Yeah, that's that's Taylor Swift's. No. No, no, she's on Universal. Yeah, she's on Universal now. So um, the the Jonas Brothers are on But like Universal Columbia is like too. Universal's like they're the yin to their yang. They're the Nickelodeon to their Disney. Okay. They're like the competitor. Yeah. So that's a really big record label for some children to be signed to. Yeah, for sure. And no wonder they got dropped. They probably just didn't perform. That album probably just flopped. Yeah. I'm this yeah again this is their time period they're touring malls Nick gets diagnosed with diabetes their documentary uh is it called happiness begins I think so yeah their documentary happiness begins on Amazon Prime goes pretty in depth on it with all this era where yeah they didn't have any money their dad got fired from his job I'm sure he was embezzling money from the church I, I I know that's illegal for me to make accusations like that. For legal purposes, we are not. We're not. Accusing, we're not accusing him. We are not accusing Paul Kevin Jonas. But I think senior of fraud. I think if there was someone who did some digging, they'd find the body underneath the septic tank. He is he is the shadiest man alive. Yeah, Mister Paul Kevin. He he's always giving me the heebie-jeebies. He my. My dad, whenever I would talk about the Jonas Brothers, would always be like, "And what? What's their dad slave driving him to do next?" Like, yeah, he definitely he definitely saw that his son had a gift, and he just he doesn't even see Nick as a human. He just sees him as a dollar sign. I think he's living vicariously through Nick for sure because he wanted to be a singer, but then he turned out. The other thing is when you say traveling pastor, that's a red flag for me. All the Jonas Brothers are born in different states. Did you know that? He's he's running from something. <laughs> exactly. I think that he's literally like the con man preacher who like, because, okay, so Kevin was born in New Jersey. They leave New Jersey. Joe was born in Arizona. That's kind of far away. Nick is born in Texas. Yeah, he is robbing people. Frankie is born in New Jersey again. So they must have spent their younger years running from the law. Because why would you move from New Jersey to Arizona, to Texas. And that's why Nick Jonas pretends to have a Texas accent. He's always like, I'm from Dallas. You're from New Jersey. They're, they're, they're meatballs, really. Well, well Nick's a meatball. Not, I don't think any of them, by any stretch of the word, is an intelligent human being. Well, I think Kevin is none smart. Of, none Kevin's of them really gra- smart. None of them graduated high school. They were all homeschooled. And yes, they graduated high school on tour. Okay, I'm not convinced Joe Jonas knows how to read. <laughs> well, he might not know how to read. 
He for and sure. if he can, it's like at a third grade reading level. Like he, he's still working on like he's still reading Magic Treehouse books. But Kevin is smart. Think of, he's played his cards like close to his chest like this whole time. Like he's just flown under the radar. He's just been like, I'm Kevin. I play guitar. I don't make waves. I mean, yeah. now he's kind of making <laughs> waves. Well, here's the thing. On the DL. He made a million dollars. He made a million dollars. You can coast off a million dollars. No. I'm I'm saying that he was smart because he allowed himself to make those million dollars. He wasn't going to... It doesn't take a big brain to be like, wow, my brothers are going on a world tour. Well, I will I always... I better not say, I don't want to be a part of that. I will always remember this line from when Rolling Stone um, did a cover story in the Jonas Brothers in 2009. Um, and the interviewer pointed out that Kevin was a very smart businessman. Whenever they would do things sponsored by Verizon, he would hide their iPhones because that was back when, um, like Verizon didn't carry iPhones or whatever. Like he would, he was always like to make let me, sure let me to have take like the back. BlackBerry out. Let me take you back to two thousand nine. Okay, they're about to go in on this world tour. This world tour. Their manager is like, hey, you guys are sponsored by Verizon. Anytime that you're gonna be seen by Verizon, hide your phones. And Kevin's like, okay, I'm twenty three, twenty two. Yeah, he. 22. I'm 22. 22. I will take the words of the man who is feeding me dollar bills. I will remember this. And then Nick's, what, 16? And he's had the world handed to him on a silver platter, everybody pumping his head full of helium. He does, he's not worried about it. And Joe, I, again, Joe doesn't know how to read. So he's, this went in one ear and went out the other. So Kevin's like, this is my job. How dare you accuse my boyfriend of not knowing how to read? He doesn't. How often does he get the words wrong? That has nothing to do with reading. I'm, oh, because the, there's no teleprompter. It has to do with there's the no fact teleprompter that he on the care. Grammys. He's never forgotten the lyrics on the Grammys. Okay, whatever. But he doesn't know the words to his own music. No, who does really? But Everybody. No. <laughs> but no, I understand what you're saying. Kevin was an adult. Yeah, and he was told by a bigger adult that's paying him $1,000 bills okay. to hide his BlackBerry or hide his iPhone. And Nick was consumed with creative control on that tour. That was the, the other line about Nick from that is that he was conducting the band with his water bottle like he was freaking Mozart, like just like, and the horns are cut off here. and the I would, I would punch him in the head, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we're... We keep on getting distracted because I feel like this album's boring. There's not much going on There's except for their dad's on the run. Um, Nick has diabetes. Yeah, but they have to move into their friend's basement. Nick has diabetes. They're touring. They're going to the mall. Like they're performing in front of a Claire's and singing about Jesus or whatever. No, so the next album is where things get good. The next album is where I enter the scene. You started to care about them after the. F- See, again, this is why Columbia dropped them. They couldn't even get you, Zoe. Well, this album came out in 2006. I was ten, I was nine turning ten in 2006. Okay. Like, I, wasn't, I didn't know anything about music. You're right. You're right. But their second album hit when I was, I was ten turning eleven, which I know that's only a year later, but it hits different. I, it was, it hit me to my core. When I, I always like, my whole thing with the Jonas Brothers. I saw the year 3000 music video and I was like, oh, like they're fine. They're cool. That one with the straight hair is kind of cute. And then my aunt just happened to get tickets to go see Hannah Montana 
in concert. And we went, my sister, my cousins, my mom, my aunt, and I was, the Jonas Brothers were opening for Hannah Montana. It was the best of both worlds tour. So it was Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. Honestly, like Miley was killing it. She, she performed two whole sets. Jason, two whole sets. But the Jonas Brothers won me over. I I bought their t-shirt as I walked out. Like my mom let my sister and I pick one and Piercy got like a cute little Hannah Montana t-shirt. And I was like, no, I want that one because I love them. So yeah, the, the next album, it has, it has some real bangers and some real stinkers too. I feel like this was an album of like mediocre stuff. Yeah. If, if, what was it? Six minutes? One? Like, yeah. Yeah, in the grand scheme of Jonas Brothers songs, I mean, it's forgettable. Who, no one knows anything off this album. There's some Jonas Brothers fan that's, like, going to kill you for saying this. Anybody There's someone whose favorite is, it's about time. I Am time. What I Am is my favorite song. That's what I assume anybody whose favorite song is I Am What I Am. I love what Nick Jonas sings about Jesus Christ. Does he only do it for this album? I don't feel like Disney's going to take a Christian side. Oh, no. Absolutely not. No, but... They were, they had the fun sell of, you know, the, the Christian sex symbol. These boys are hot <laughs> AF, but they can't have sex because they love Jesus. <laughs> like that was how they were sold to all of us. 2006 it was, is such a weird time. It was. So sorry for going off on so many tangents. I don't know how many are actually going to stay in the podcast <laughs> if I, I'm being honest. I don't see why I want to keep them all. Well, we'll see. Um, but thank you guys for listening, um, to our, it's about time recap scoreboard. I don't know. What should we even call it? Our, uh, about, it's about time. Listen through episode episode. Okay. Um, before our next episode, make sure to listen to the next, uh, album in the discography. We've got Jonas brothers. Follow us on Instagram, our handle is burning up pod on Instagram. Um, like and subscribe. <laughs> we don't know how this podcasting works yet. This is our first episode, so just so we're gonna try to get all of our first time jitters out. And I think this is the perfect album to do that on. There's not much to talk about. So we're just gonna we're just keep gonna make talking. Some, we're just gonna keep talking. I feel like this next episode we're, we're gonna, gonna get to us. some I mean is there dating drama during the next episode? Because I feel like that's most of what you... Well, we're not quite to the dating drama. I is mean, there's what... dating drama happening during this album, in between the next album. That's Joe Jonas dating Ali and AJ. Potential Both breakup. No. Oh, sorry. AJ. <laughs> He's dating AJ of the band Ali and AJ. Potential breakup song. Our favorite Disney Channel breakup song is about Joe Jonas. He forgot. AJ's stupid birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> Immortalized for all eternity. For all eternity. Joe has racked up a real collection of breakup songs. So, Is he a bad person? <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. We're, we'll talk about it next time on the Burning Up Pod. <laughs>